0: The Morning Struggle Podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.blueclovertherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Activate. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life to build a better you. Stay tuned. Stand by. She's getting coffee because that is a key element of our morning show. It is. But the habit we're talking about this morning is failure.
1: Failure. So let's
0: hear a good failure story.
1: So once upon a time, because I feel like stories that start with that are significantly better. They're more magical. They are more magical. Uh, you and I lived in a magical place called Rose Park.
0: Yep, our first house.
1: Our first house. And I really wanted to be...
0: An entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, well, I really want to be a hippie. Okay. If we're getting down to it, I want to save the I earth. wanted to be the
0: entrepreneur. Yeah. You just wanted to make... Witchy stuff.
1: I want to make witchy stuff. So, so I created this company called Giving Green. Uh, was it soaps or?
0: Started out with soaps and then it moved into wine.
1: It. <laughs> it did. Both were. I totally forgot about the white. Both part. were
0: super expensive products.
1: They were super expensive products, and they were not
0: of the highest quality. Effective.
1: No, they were. They, well, they had good quality products in them. They good just ingredients. Yeah, they had good ingredients, but I just couldn't quite make. It's it. like
0: taking filet mignon and chopping them up and making tacos.
1: Yeah, I mean, like it. was, it, it was it good it works, But yeah, the soap was not really like soap. No. And. I'm pretty sure it hurt your skin and then the wine wasn't really like wine it was more like a uh, straight liquor
0: straight like grape juice liquor yeah it was interesting
1: it was like 80 proof or something yeah. ridiculous like that yeah. so um yeah I mean it, it that was a huge failure and a and it was actually quite a big time commitment and a time or a money man like money drainer
0: it was it was but you know w- later on. Years after, after you got your master's degree and you started practicing therapy, we had been through the process of starting businesses.
1: Right. So We, We knew how to license. We knew how to get a logo. We knew how to, you know, go about the process. We just needed to make sure the product was okay. Right.
0: So now we had a good product. We had already been through the process of establishing businesses. And so it was really kind of easy to push ourselves into having your own business and your own practice for therapy right so we took that failure from a long time ago and we made it a positive for the future
1: right and it was a huge huge failure it
0: was a big failure back then <laughs> and so that's what we're talking about habit today is a lot of people don't see failure as as a setback they don't see failure as failure they see failure as a tool to impact change later on in their life for the positive yes okay let's uh, talk about the history of failure love it in history. All right, so we're going to talk about three historic failures. Okay. The products that came out of those, right? And then three people or organizations that rose out of failure. Okay. So we'll start with penicillin. Mm-hmm. So Alexander Fleming in two nor 1928, uh, he was working with bacteria, okay. and he piled up a bunch of petri dishes full of bacteria mm-hmm. in his workstation and went on holiday.
1: As you do. As you you do. do You just
0: throw all your Petri dishes in the corner, right? Mm -hmm. So he went on holiday. Maybe he wasn't the cleanest guy. Went on holiday, (laughs) came back, and he was throwing all these Petri dishes out because they were overrun with bacteria. Okay. And he noticed that in one of the Petri dishes with Staphylococcus in it, he had a little ring of mold and there was no bacteria growing around it. Oh. Hence, penicillin. So they developed penicillin out of that mold, which is our first wide-spectrum antibiotic which oh, was a game changer in the field of medicine.
1: Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah,
0: huge deal. So that was Alexander Fleming. Okay. Uh, another, another one, a big failure product, was Post-it Notes.
1: What? I love Post-it Notes. Yeah,
0: so in 1968, um, this gentleman named Spencer Silver worked for a company called 3M.
1: Mr. Silver?
0: Mr. Silver. And they make adhesives. That was okay. their, their big thing initially. And he was trying to come up with the most... Adhesive, adhesive ever the strongest adhesive he could, okay. and he actually did the opposite. He came up with a super weak adhesive. Oh, and he didn't know what to do with this, so he kind of just shelved it for years. Okay, and then in 1974, he was attending, um, uh, or a, sorry, a colleague of Silver was attending one of his seminars. Okay, and found he's a he had a hymn book and he had these like bookmarks in the hymn book, mm-hmm. and they were always falling out. And he thought, what a great use for this really light adhesive to put on his bookmarks for his hymn books so they wouldn't fall out. He wouldn't keep losing his pages when what? he was
1: singing. That's amazing. So they got together.
0: And then in the 19, late 1970s, early 1980s, they developed mm. post-it notes and they distributed to the world and it became one of the most successful products ever.
1: That is, a, that is awesome. I don't want to live in a world without post-it notes. I know. You so. totally so love your
0: post-it notes. And then the third product invention was synthetic dyes. Okay. So in 1856, mm-hmm. an 18-year-old chemist named William Perkin turned Perkin turned out uh, to create synthetic dye. He was actually trying to find a cure um, for malaria. He's actually trying to produce a drug, oh. and he kind of messed up, and his experiments produced like a dark oily sludge.
1: Oh no! And he didn't know what to do <laughs> with this dark
0: oily sludge, but he noticed that it was turning um, silks that he yeah. used like a really really bright purple color. Which oh. is not very common in nature. No. So, hence, developed this synthetic dye, and it spread like wildfire. And even, um, even the queen— which queen was this? Queen Victoria even wore it.
1: Oh, see, and purple was a big deal. It was a
0: big deal. It's really a very royal color because it's not naturally produced in natural fibers. Oh, that's so. Very he developed cool. that out of trying to come up with a drug for malaria.
1: He's like trying to save people, and now he's dealing in fashion.
0: Which saves people too.
1: Yeah, in its own way. Its
0: own little way. (laughs) So now we'll go through three people or companies that have risen out of failure. I love it. So the first one is my favorite chicken grease salt. (laughs) It's Colonel Sanders.
1: Oh, Colonel Sanders. So
0: Colonel Harlan David Sanders. Okay. I don't know if it was, was he a real Colonel?
1: I sincerely doubt it.
0: I, I bet you. I'll, I will, hopefully someone writes in and tells us if he's an actual colonel. I think he probably is. <laughs> but his it. his secret recipe. Um, he didn't actually develop this till he was 62 years old, which oh. is kind of interesting.
1: Oh, that's kind of fun to think that you're never too old to start developing yeah, yeah. bad and, ideas.
0: And yeah, and he had a bunch of failed careers. He was a, a terrible lawyer and he was a tel- terrible salesman um, sell- sell- selling various lamps and insurance and tires.
1: Oh, those are very different so things. So those
0: are very different things.
1: I like it. He branched um, out. Yeah.
0: And then he it says this story, and I don't know if it's true, but mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 allegorical. Allegorical. No, that's not their word.
1: I don't know what the word is though that you're trying to
0: Um Apocryphal. It's apocryphal. Ooh. This story is apocryphal, probably, but you never know. <laughs> okay. Um He's he failed a thousand times to say to sell his chicken recipe. A thousand times. Oh. So that means I'm maybe on his 1001 attempt. I don't know what it was, but he actually, on his, oh, 1010th try trying to sell the recipe, he got someone to bite. And someone bought the recipe, and then they developed KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken.
1: What? So he didn't do that?
0: I guess not. So according just to this sold, article. He
1: sold the recipe?
0: He just sold the recipe. So, and then they developed that.
1: Don't we have one of the original ones in Utah?
0: I have no idea about that.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to look up my KFC.
0: Look up your KFC Lore. history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one is uh, Rovio. I think it's pronounced Rovio. What is Rovio. that? Um, it's Rodeo. Rovio. Rovio. R-O-V-I-O. Uh, it's one of the biggest gaming uh, companies. And they developed oh. a game called Angry Birds. Have you ever heard of Angry Birds?
1: I've heard of Angry Birds. I don't know if you've... We've seen the I don't the movie. think you've ever heard We've of seen Angry the Birds. So have movie.
0: So, um, but the crazy thing is this, uh, this game came out in 2009 and in 2012, it had, like, over a billion downloads. Jeez. But the crazy thing is that they started the company back in 2003, and Whoa. they had 51 previous games that really didn't go anywhere.
1: Oh, my goodness. So could you
0: imagine starting a company, having a burn down rate, just kind of getting along, maybe not being super successful, and after your 50, 51 failures, your 52nd game, making it big?
1: So that's six years in between them starting it and them...
0: The developing, Getting successful, just developing Angry Birds.
1: Oh man! So,
0: so that's just a, a, a tale of perseverance. You know, you have good products. You know, you want to establish a good company that puts out you know good stuff, right? And you just kind of push through. And it's it's those kind of companies that are successful. Hmm. Very seldom do you say, "Well, I'm, I got a great idea. I'm going to create soap and wine, <laughs> and we're going to be <laughs> drunk and clean." And then it happens. You know, you you persevere right. through those failures. And you learn from those failures, and you adapt, and then you change.
1: Oh, man, that one was so bad. So
0: bad. Yeah. Okay, my last one for history. This is going long. Tell, tell me about it. But my favorite guy in the world, because our favorite place to go. What is our favorite place to, to visit?
1: Uh, we, the lake.
0: The lake is fun, but we go there twice a year, and we fly oh, there. Oh, Disneyland. Disneyland. So, Mr. Disney, Walt Mr. Disney, Disney himself. Mm-hmm. So, um... Probably one of the most successful iconic figures of the 20th century, right? Yeah. Um, in 1921, Disney founded his first animation studio, laugh gram Studio in Kansas City. And it went bankrupt within two years. Oh my gosh. Yep. And then he decided to move west. And uh, from there, he developed essentially Disney, the Disney brand. And he went on to receive 59 nominations for Academy Awards and won 22 of them. Whoa. Yeah. So that's kind of, uh, that's the history of failure and people who took, who took bad situations or what you would consider failures mm-hmm. and either persevered through them, learning along the way, right, or took a failure and found the positive in it.
1: Oh, I that's like what, that. That's
0: what we're talking about today. This, the ways to make failure successes.
1: Well, and failure is actually really important to actually success, being successful. Right. right. Um, so but you- we're all trying to avoid it. Yeah. We're running away from it, and then when we do fail, we're really mean to ourselves. Um, but that's actually the best way to get it actually
0: successful. Yeah. So should we go into the science? Yeah. Science it is. Here we go.
1: Okay. So there are lots of principles that go into failing and making failing... Successful? I don't know; those words contradict each other. But we're going to go into the principle. So, failing is really important because we get practice and knowledge. Okay. So, my wine company, I I got a lot of practice and knowledge out of that, and and I dragged you along into making me it's a logo fine. and everything. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, but um, every failed attempt, you gain knowledge and learn to de- how to detect certain obstacles. Okay. Specifically, if you've landed face first into an obstacle
0: right which usually happens with failures
1: absolutely um and what's really cool so harvard business strategies they came up with categories of how these obstacles or failures come to be so you have objective and rational so meaning like like the post it note like he's trying to make a adhesive that's really sticky mm-hmm. and it's just not sticky like there's there's things in his chemical compound that are making it not sticky so that's just very objective black and white emotional personal means that you personally did something to alter that success rate okay so whether it's whether it's like you got really emotional or you got caught up in the moment or the you you weren't able to see things realistically that's kind of that category you have environmental so like if let's say like the stock market crashes and like that would be the environment like
0: external forces on whatever it is you're doing
1: right. And then the last one is unpredicted or unlikely, which is kind of a catch-all, but like the example given is like an earthquake.
0: Just chance.
1: Yeah. It just, it, it, it happened and it probably will never happen again. Right. So you wouldn't necessarily on the unpredicted or the unlikely want to alter your plan a great deal because more than likely that's never going to happen again. Okay. Like that if, makes sense. you know, if we have a, what, what's a business that would be altered by an earthquake.
0: Oh man, I have no idea. Maybe some writers will, or some, some listeners will write in, tell us. But
1: something unpredictable that you're like, holy cow, that came out of left field, had no idea. So, so practice and knowledge is really important. You also learn about your coping skills and how to improve them. What works, what doesn't. The Journal of Behavioral um, Decision Making, and yes, it's a real journal and it's really amazing, uh, talks about how we hone our coping skills have you seen what is the one with Lindsay Lohan? Mean Girls. Just my luck. Mean something girls. like, well, Mean Girls, yeah. But I think it's just my luck where the kid walk he's he has really bad luck and so he walks around with a backpack full of things to remedy all of the bad things that happens to him. Oh.
0: I think that was Mean Girls.
1: That's not Mean Girls. <laughs>
0: Pretty sure that's the Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan movie. is
1: in lots of movies, but he has a backpack full of things that assist him through the process and that's basically what we do without it actually being a backpack, as uh-huh. we develop these skills and kind of, again, pr- be able to predict obstacles and then how we get around them. Okay. Cool? Yeah. Um. And understanding self. So Stanford Business came up with this missing link in success, which is failure.
0: It makes sense, yeah.
1: And, and that you can't be successful without failure. You have to fail, and you should. Because if for some reason you can get to the tippity-top of a company without failing in some way, then you're really, you really don't understand yourself and how you got there and how you're going to act in, in abrasive situations I or mean, uncomfortable it, situations. It makes
0: sense. I mean, you, you build essentially no resistance to failure. So if you make it through life, you know, being handed things, and then all of a sudden you, you will have a failure eventually. It, it's just statistical that you, that happens. Right. So if you don't have practice in failure, it's going to crush you. Yes. So
1: Yeah, resilience is out the window if you've never failed. And th- and that's the next part is increase in resilience. And like we love those underdog stories. Right. And that is just a high level of resiliency. So, um let's see here.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know, it makes sense because failure feels like it does two things. One, you have to get past your ego. Yes. And really understand the process. You have to self-analyze and mm-hmm. understand where you went wrong. Yep. In, in an honest way
1: black and white way and then you yep. gotta
0: you gotta push through and realize that the, the good things come from just essentially strapping your boots on and trudging along
1: right well and the, and the two top factors that actually play into resilience or resiliency is personal failures and then childhood support during childhood
0: so support but maybe not helicopter or snow plowing
1: yeah, not snowplow, not helicoptering, but like that you can, you are able to fail because with, with snowplow parenting or helicopter par- parenting, the child is not allowed to fail because like
0: you're you, there to save them. You,
1: you're either there to save them or like or do it for them. ruin the obstacles for right. them so that they just walk through nice and clean.
0: Like an example would be your kids having a hard time tying their shoes. So you just essentially tie them their shoes for them.
1: Yeah, and girl, I get it. Like yeah. it is <laughs> like, you know, when they're sitting there and they're trying to tie their shoes and it takes like forever and yeah. as a mom you're like, holy cow, we gotta get out the door. I know. Um uh, but letting them fail and get to that point. Cause I have had this conversation with many mommies about just like, I'm just gonna tie it or I'm just right. gonna get Velcro. Right. And it's like, well then they never they never quite understand. They never develop skills. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so it's very important. And then third is personality and resiliency, which we can't necessarily um,
0: change. So, you can, can you change personality, or are you just kind of set in that way?
1: So, so personality changes happen anyway. Like you're okay. not, you don't get it from birth and then move all the way through. So, like, okay. I if you're working with personality disorders, like I do, like borderline personality disorder, um, you. It's hard to change.
0: Okay, but you so can't. Just, it's you just, can just modify deeply it. ingrained.
1: Deeply just, ingrained, and that person has to want to change and see the the purpose behind the change.
0: And so it's almost it, it's not like I'm going to change my decor of my house. It's essentially I'm going to slowly change something that is etched in concrete.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like it's like a workout program. I'm going to start working out. You don't just start working out all of a sudden. You're beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, you you. It's a long process because it's so ingrained. Right. So you can change personality. Right? Right.
1: It yes, just you can. it just it's...
0: takes a lot of time, a lot of experience.
1: Understanding a of yourself. A lot of
0: understanding, mm-hmm. but but a lot of that repetition of that of that change. Yeah, cause to ingrain.
1: Like if you're incredibly emotional and you see that as a bad thing, you'll just fight it the whole time. Which
0: but... I am when I watch shows like Mean Girls.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: All right, no, sorry. Keep tears.
1: Going. Tears. <laughs> um actually Mean Girls is an excellent movie. So if you guys get the moment while you're while you're having your kids t- practice tying their shoes, this with mean podcast
0: Girls. is brought to you by Mean Girls.
1: Mean Girls, <laughs> a Lindsay
0: Lohan film. Tina Fey. Is Tina Fey in that one?
1: Tina Fey is the director. Oh, I want to say a yeah. co-director.
0: I have, I have no idea. I haven't. We gotta. Seen it for I gotta long get long my long
1: Mean Girls lore, lore, history. I want to say lore today.
0: Isn't that like the folklore? You mean lore? Lore, L O R E. Yeah. Your yeah. folklore, like that's your, but that's your not... legend of whatever.
1: I feel like Mean Girls is a legend now at this point. <laughs> and then our last one is gives goals value. Okay. Okay. So this is called effort justification.
0: So if something is hard to do, mm-hmm. you cherish it more.
1: Exactly. The harder it is for you to get, the more you appreciate it once you get it. Um, I think that parents try to think of this as like, you, if you get the milk without buying the cow, kind of like having sex before you're married.
0: It's not worth it. It's
1: not worth it. And, and... Effort justification works in a lot of different social contexts, not in every single one. But when we're trying to achieve our goals, let's say that we want to become a manager or we want to open our own business or whatever it is, um, the effort justification basically is an element in our psyche that makes it so cognitive dissonance doesn't happen. And cognitive dissonance is essentially holding two beliefs that contradict each other.
0: Okay. Go go to that a little bit more for me.
1: Okay, so so we don't like thoughts that um like let's see what would be a good example of that um like I I you have to give me
0: an example just yeah just just yeah so okay so it's the state of having
1: yeah so it's the state of having inconsistent thoughts beliefs attitudes um especially related to behavioral decisions or attitude change so like if I go out and party. But then, and I really, I I believe that I enjoy going and partying. But then the next day I can't go to work. But then work's really important. It, those those things can't hold together.
0: So just balancing up your priorities.
1: Yeah, balancing priorities and then removing those pieces of so so like this is where the effort justification comes in because if i work really really hard to become a manager but then i don't really want to be a manager there is a huge sensitive feat once i get to the manager position right okay. and everybody's like oh you should be so excited you're so you know you achieve so much and you're like i don't care i don't care that i'm this manager right. and that's cognitive dissonance. okay so they they study these uh the the effort justification specifically with like fraternities and sororities how you have to Pledge and all that, yeah. Um, because you you tend to to feel more secure and more you want it more to be in that fraternity, for instance, because it's so difficult to get in. That
0: makes sense. So I, th- I think that's why we like underdog stories. Yeah, you know, like the story of the the professional basketball player who is naturally talented and huge and goes on to win NBA championships at school, But then the little you know the guy who's got some physical debilitating disease that is able to play on his high school team for one game is way more inspiring.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And
0: so those are completely different levels, but the, the required, the, the, what was the word again? The, how much energy? Oh, effort justification, F- effort justification yeah. for something like that is way, way bigger in the other story. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. I, I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and our biggest thing when we like come back around to all of this is that failure is going to happen so we have to stop being fearful of it. Right. And I, I know that I'm, I mean, I, th- I think it's a natural human thing to be fearful of failing and looking dumb or whatever it is, but you have to understand that it's going to happen no matter what. And someone is going to see you do something kind of silly or dumb at some point. Right. So you got to own it. Okay. Okay.
0: All right. Should we go on to the action plan?
1: Yay. This is the exciting part.
0: Oh, we got we to review our coffee.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Oh my gosh. We almost forgot our do, coffee. Do, do. All right, coffee.
1: I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee, trying to keep my sleepy soul awake. But the sleepiness
0: still comes along, and when it does, it's fast and strong. I end up with a bad case of the shakes. This morning, we're drinking Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf brand coffee. Okay. We're drinking a light roast.
1: Is this a light roast?
0: Yep. And it's good. We're going to come up with... We came up with our scale. I haven't told you this yet.
1: Yeah, you haven't told me this. I had, I came up with a graphic.
0: Oh, we got a but graphic can, too. Yeah. Okay. We got a scale and a graphic. So we're going to go three categories on one to five. Okay. For a total of 15.
1: And then we're going to divide it by three points, for my graphic.
0: And then we'll divide it by three for your graphic. We'll come up with, a, <laughs> with the point system. We got three categories. Okay. So the first one is going to be, of course, taste. Yes. How does a coffee taste? The second one is going to be price. How expensive is coffee? And the third one is going to be company values. So that's Ooh, sustainable like that practices one. and charitable donations, programs, all that.
1: Oh, I like that a lot.
0: Coffee, bean, and tea leaf. Taste. What do you give it?
1: Um, I mean, it's, it's not bitter and it's smooth and all that. I'd give it like a... Four?
0: Yeah, I give it like a three and a half out of five. It, it's not going to knock your socks off, but it's good. It's, it's, it's decent.
1: It, it's happening coffee. Yeah. Like you could drink it on a right. road trip. And,
0: and, and price?
1: I don't know. I didn't buy this coffee. It, it was
0: fairly actually inexpensive, you know, cheaper than I think Starbucks at the store. Um, and so I'm going to give it like a four.
1: Oh, I like that. Okay, yeah. four.
0: And um, so Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf just became the second, well, not just, but they're the second largest coffee store chain in oh. america in the u.s behind of course i'm guessing starbucks hmm. um so anyway they're, they're a pretty big company and then in the sustainability and charitable um area they i just read from their website and reviews so i don't know how accurate this is but it seems like they do have a lot of sustainable practices mm-hmm. which for those of you who don't know a lot of these coffee bean growing countries and coffee bean farmers have practices because it's so cutthroat. They live in terrible conditions. They sell for so cheap. Yep. They pillage the land. They can't They can't sustain their model. But a lot of these bigger companies are going in and really pushing these sustainable practices. They want good pay for the farmers. They The coffee bean and tea leaf even goes as far as providing, trying to provide programs for health care and loans so they can develop their infrastructure.
1: Oh, I like so that. So they really
0: do push the original source bean charity. Which um, is really what we're looking for, because it's really nice for us to say, "Oh yeah, I get my four dollar tea and leaf, or coffee bean and tea leaf coffee," right? You know, from the cop from the store, but it's really good. I'd rather pay four fifty, and have that be a sustainable practice. And mm-hmm. essentially, your your extra money or whatever is going to programs that help these developing countries and these right. coffee bean growers.
1: Well, and we should really be thinking about the things that we're consuming. And how those things are brought to us.
0: Absolutely. Because it's not the thing about all this is the sustainability. We may like it right now, mm-hmm. but if we continue poor practices, we may not be able to enjoy it later. Our kids may not be able to enjoy it. Yeah. And that's just uh, prior planning. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So we're going to give it...
1: We, yeah. What do we give it overall?
0: Oh, man. What, what was that? So maybe maybe a four and a half? Because we can't give it quite a five because we don't really know.
1: For, yeah. So 4.5... And then what did we say? A four. And we said a four.
0: I, I gave it a 12. I think you gave it a 12.5.
1: Okay, we'll go with 12.25. I don't think it really matters. That's a big... Like, I got to make sure my graphic is up to date it's, on these things. We'll
0: come maybe come up with a better point system. But those are our three areas. I kind of like it. Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. It's pretty good. You can yeah. get it at most most retailers. Yeah. And you I can also get it can. online. Cool. All right. Into the action plan. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy
1: all right let's let's discuss how we go about this thing when it happens because
0: so we're trying to create a habit out of failure, yep, okay.
1: so first off, do recognize that you're probably gonna get emotional,
0: okay, and, that's and not okay. just because you're watching mean girls,
1: not just because of mean girls, but it it's like the
0: third time I brought that joke back around Boom,
1: and it's fantastic every single time <laughs> i like
0: it nobody else is gonna like it but i like it <laughs>
1: um the the big thing is is recognizing that you're going to be emotional and not shaming guilting yourself being mean to yourself about it just giving yourself a moment to experience the emotion so okay. that you can move on from the emotion okay okay and then second we are going to be self-aware
0: which is super hard for people oh, to
1: do. Oh, it's and it and it's kind of icky at times because you have to really look at yourself.
0: But not not self-aware in a self-hate talk way, no, right? Oh no, because you've already moved on. You've pitted, mm-hmm. You've wallowed. You're mm-hmm. moving on, and you say, "I'm going to give myself an honest assessment, yes, just so I know where I stand, so I can move where I want to be in the future."
1: Right. So this is an objective look, um, and you
0: objective. I think is a key word.
1: Objective, yeah, because it has to be something that if if you wrote this down. And give this to another person, they could analyze the data and be like, oh, yeah, this is where the the issue came up. Okay. And you can say that you were too emotional or something like that. But but still, it needs to be like, I overreacted in this specific area. Therefore, this ended up being A, B, and C. Okay. Um, you can keep a, a journal to reflect on. And, and a failure, it doesn't have to be your epic failure, like you're out of your career. It can be little failures like... Um, saying the wrong name when you're talking to somebody or like those weird, like social weird things where you're like, Ooh, I don't like it. Um, but journaling general self re- reflection, like within meditation, prayer, um, wind down times, uh, where you kind of sit and you give yourself five minutes to think about the things that happened. And I want you to do this once a day.
0: So you're going to journal once a day about your failures.
1: Journal, meditate, prayer, just sit, whatever it is, but you have to be, nothing else has your focus at that time. Okay. So you're not watching Bones. Is Bones still on? I don't know. The show? You're watching Bones and you're also reflecting. It doesn't work like that. So it has to be just, you're just doing that. Then you're going to take the failure and create a plan specific around that type of failure. Okay. So, um, like, you know, sometimes I don't feel like the best mom. Like I'm, I'm trying to get all of my attention in different areas. I'm trying to get things done. I have deadlines, whatever it is, and then I step back and go, "Whoa!" Like I haven't actually played with my kids today.
0: Right, I've you done know? that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's like, ooh, and then I get really mad at myself, and I let myself have those waves of emotion, and then I go, okay. Because what happens is people get stuck in those wave of emotions and that self-hate and they don't move into the action plan. So then you have to create a situation or create a plan around that failure.
0: Okay, so you say, I was super um, distracted by work stuff or personal stuff and I wasn't a very good parent today. Yep. So you wallow in that. You say, okay, where am I at now? I'm engaged maybe 50% of the time I should be with my kids. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to bump that up as much as I can by implementing... One-on-one time with my kids, 10 minutes, each kid, each day. That's only, you know, 10 to an hour, how many kids you have. Oof, and I'm going to implement that. You know, <laughs> I'm going to implement that into my life. So you took something that was a failure, you're turning it into a success.
1: Exactly. Okay. And the things that you want to make sure that you have in this plan are coping skills for you. Because you're still going to have the emotions and situations that you've been dealing with. So how to deal with that. And then also a failure plan. So you totally botch it. Like you don't even... Feed your... No, you need to feed your kid. Bro, but a but days. there's something you did awful and then how to recover from that. Okay. Because you want failure built into your action plans always. Okay. So, and actually write it down. It makes it more concrete and we remember it better.
0: Yeah, we, we remember everything we write down. Not yeah. everything, but we remember much, much better.
1: I love lists.
0: It usually comes to fruition. That's where all the, the secret and ah. all those goal setting things tell you to write it down. Come up
1: with a vision board about being a better a parent board. and it'll just be pictures of parents playing with their kids no but writing it down suit isn't a good way to do it um and actually having it like i'm going to spend 10 minutes one-on-one each kid every night is a good way to do it um i want you to fail often so often in fact that you're going to try things that you never thought that you'd want to try
0: okay like like hip-hop dancing but going in knowing that you're going to be terrible at it you're going to fail
1: yeah and and but just all in just complete. Like if I took you to a hip hop class, which I'm seriously considering, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that you would be kind of stiff. I
0: would probably just do the robot.
1: Yeah, that's not the robot. Robot hip
0: hop. <laughs> for those of you watching on our invisible cameras, mm-hmm. I'm doing the or robot through our
1: windows. Oh, oh, if you're watching
0: oh, through oh. our windows,
1: no, but but really do things that you never really thought about, and that you know that you're not going to be good out the
0: gate. Right. So you've already you, you almost set yourself up for failure understanding that you're going to fail Mm -hmm. so then you can practice this yes so the more you practice this failure the more you practice transitioning failure to success the better you're going to be at it
1: yep and the fancy word for this is exposure therapy oh exposure
0: therapy yep
1: so we just want to fail as often as we possibly can and what what i'm going to have you guys do because we love to have objective boxes to mark off here right is you're going to try a new skill every two weeks
0: two weeks new skill with the uh, notion that you're going to fail at it
1: right Yep. And you, the idea behind this is mastery of skill. You're going to get better at it. You're going to get confidence out of it. But you have to embrace the idea that you're not going to be good at it out the gate.
0: Okay, so we're understanding, we're the journaling, meditating, contemplating our failures for the day. We're creating action plans to change that failure. Mm-hmm. And then every once every two weeks, we're trying something new with the notion that we are going to fail at it when we first start it. Yep. So we can practice failure.
1: Mm-hmm, Make okay. practice failure. And then our general failing plan, we need to have like a general one for those things that come out of left field and we don't quite know what to do with it. And then um, as you're journaling, kind of a, a good idea would be going through the the Harvard Business Strategy version of the objective, rational, the emotional, personal, environmental, and then unpredicted, unlikely.
0: So break it down to categories.
1: Yeah, because then you it, even if you map it out, then you can kind of see like, do you tend to fail on the personal, emotional and if that's the case, you need to develop coping skills according to like anger management or something.
0: Right. So you, you don't feel lost. You can get just broken down so you know mm-hmm. the specifics of, of where your fails failures come from. Mm-hmm. So if it's, you know, the like you said, the, the social, but if it's actual product, you know, your actual, what you're doing, your product, you fail in that area. Right. You know, you need to change your strategies for... New programs or activities or whatever it is to do, right? If it's emotional, like you said, maybe you need coping skills so you don't you're not so emotional during those times. Yeah, that's what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, so you're trying to d- determine where you tend to fail more more often, and that's where journaling would come into play pretty pretty nicely. Okay, um, because if I would have been journaling my wine business, I would have known out the gate that I don't know how to make wine, and that's a product failure, and that's objective, black and white, and I need to come up with a better product.
0: Okay, yeah, easy.
1: Yeah, so and it and it makes it like it's like oh, it's not my. I am not a horrible person. This, this, in this category, I need to figure out what to do. And, and it's really forward thinking is what we're trying to achieve here. Okay.
0: So get out there, start some failures.
1: Fail away. Fail away. Yep.
0: All right. Well, thanks for joining.
1: Thank you. We'll
0: Go out and build a better you. <laughs>